good, fam? It's Tuesdays with Tawana. So good to be in the building on today, on this 20th day of February. February being Black History Month. We get an extra day, <laughs> February 29th, but we know how we do. We Black 365. So Black History Month is a moment for us to insert our voices into narratives where we are often ignored or silenced. We celebrate ourselves, we celebrate our lineage, our history, who we are, who we are becoming, so that we can build a habit. This can be habit forming about speaking life and love into who we are and what we do in the Black community. I am Dr. Tad, your host and curator for Tuesdays with Tawana, where we gather every Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you can also catch this uh, one live right now or on the uh, replay on my page or my Dr. Tad page. And you can find this on all of your various platforms, on your podcast platforms. So those of you who are new to this moment, welcome. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hey, Miss Odessa, good to see you. Always a blessing to see you pop up in my feed. Those of you who are new, um, this is about community engagement. So um, because of this platform, we engage via the chat. And I insert your voice, your comment, your hello, your what's up, your questions, your concerns. I insert them into this narrative so that we can be in community together. And of course, I'm representing... Uh, for Palestine, for our beloved siblings, and sending much love and prayers for an end to this atrocity, an end to this war, an end to our children and women dying uh, disproportionately, um, lifting up our beloveds in Congo, Sudan, Tigray, and all the places where our siblings are experiencing some form of genocide or heinous behavior, I'm sending so much love. And I will continue to speak and insert my voice into this narrative in this platform and using my platform for the liberation of others, setting an example for those who can do the same in various platforms, especially our, our um, excuse me, especially white people in the boardroom, in the ledge session, in government, in your workplace, wherever, inserting a narrative and not being scared to speak out against um, what is right and, and really inserting human, uh, humanitarianism back into our space and place. So let me shout out the, the Dr. Dorsey who is in the building. Um, yes, Dr. Dorsey, we got to do a show together soon. Um, I'll hit you up later. Let's get a date on the calendar. Um, and yeah, if you celebrate in something, I want you to unveil it and celebrate with me on this platform. Absolutely. And yes, uh, Charles also says, and Lord, please bring peace in places where there is unjust violence and war. And that is not only abroad, beloveds. That's right here in our country and at times, unfortunately, in our own homes. As you can see, 
always on my ticker. I have the access number to the domestic violence hotline. If you are in a domestic violence relationship or if you know of someone or if you have questions, you can always call that hotline. You can call the, the lifeline, 988. If someone is um, having suicide ide suicidal ideations and you need help, what to do, what to say, where to go, this is about collecting resources and building community so that we can live and not die at the hands of systemic ills. So for today, for the few minutes that we have together, I want to talk about the question, why are we like this? Now, I have a studio audience today. I just want to let y'all know we, we doing it big today. I got my brother and my sister-in-law with me today. Um, so I'm so grateful to have them in the building. Y'all know my brother is shy, um, but he be dropping bombs in our comments, like slaying us so he can drop some bombs on his phone whenever he wants to, or just come and sit in this chair that's right next to me. You know, we always, we like company. We like company. Um, so we want to talk about why are we like this? So um, in, in my conversation um, with my brother and my sister-in-law, I was talking about how that question can be a good, have a good um, understanding or a good connotation to it where, you know, we are so creative and, and you'll find a meme and you'll say like, why are we like this? Like, it's so funny because we can take anything and just create, co-create, just magical stuff, hilarious stuff, creative stuff, thought-provoking stuff. Why are we like this? Because that's just who we are. When we separate ourselves from whiteness, from individualism, from power over, from um, hoarding, power hoarding and capitalism, when we separate ourselves from them, th those things, then our true authentic selves can come out and really make things happen and change the world. <laughs> LOL. Dr. Dorsey said, LOL, come on to the screen, Larry, come on to the screen. He ain't going to do it. I'm telling y'all, he ain't going to do it. Um, so when we say, why we, why are we like this? It's, it's funny. Like, it's just hilarious. But then on the flip side, why are we like this? Like, why do we feel that we always, not always, why do we feel at times we got to come in and insert a negative narr narrative on our beloveds when we get enough of that in our world? Now, don't get me wrong. There is a time and a place when we do need to call our beloveds in, our black beloveds in, when things are going sideways or things are done sideways or there's abuse happening or there's womanizing happening or, yeah, there are times when we need to call people in or out. And there is a time, a place, and a way to do that. And that also feeds into the question, why are we like this? And unfortunately, it goes back to a historical notion of why we are like this, which is why white people are so concerned, white people, whiteness, 
white power, white racist, why they are so concerned about erasing our history. Because when we know about our history and learn about our beautiful history and the things that weren't so beautiful, we can then enhance and build and grow and have a Sankofa moment, right? We can have that Sankofa moment where we are bringing forward that which will work for us now so that we can experience an Afrofuturism. In other words, seeing ourselves in the future that is separate from whiteness. So they want to erase all of that. So why are we like this? Because we have been, many of us have been, some have been brainwashed and so um, indoctrinated into white supremacy culture that we feel that we can degrade or demean someone else in a public nature when it's not really called for. Let's talk about an example. We just experienced the Super Bowl. Usher and Alicia Keys performed. Whether you liked the performance or you didn't like the performance or you didn't think it was part of the top five or whatever, which I didn't, but I didn't say anything because I'm a Prince fan and ain't nobody topping Prince, full stop, right? But I didn't feel the need to degrade them. I thought, you know, it was a, a show. It was entertainment. And just the 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 negativity, not you know, we have freedom of speech. You you can say you didn't like something and it's okay. But why do we take it to the next level and we start degrading and berating and demeaning our own when we get enough of that? We are experiencing this war with comedians. Sometimes when you speak my name in public, I got to respond in public. I get that. But as y'all know, those of you who've been rocking with me, I don't do blanket statements. So it doesn't work that way all the time. It's not like step one, this is how you respond to someone who has put their name in your mouth. Step one, step two, step three, and that's how it's going to work all the time. No, it takes a level of discernment and it takes a level of self love. What is it that is going to add value to me that will then add value to my community when I speak the truth, when I speak truth to power, when I disconnect myself from whiteness, when I disconnect myself from being the um, oppressor. We've been the oppressed and now turning into the oppressor because white people are so concerned about turning this nation into this white Aryan nation, right? Where they are, they're so afraid of losing their power as if there's not enough power to go around, as if they're going to lose their money, as if there's not enough money to go around. Speaking of which, why are we like this when we support black businesses and then we are, we are always complaining in public? Have we picked up the phone and called someone and said, you know, your business practices are a little shoddy. Is there something that 
that I can do or say that can help you bring your business to the next level so that people will want to shop with you because now they trust that when they order something, they are going to get what they order in a timely fashion. We say saying, oh, I can't rock with black businesses because blah, blah, blah. But then you're taking money out of the community, putting it in other communities that have learned how to recycle dollars. And then we wonder why our schools are depleted. We wonder why we don't have enrichment programs. We wonder why we don't have um, after school programs. We wonder why we don't have access to affordable health care. Speaking of which, why are we like this when we are so quick to judge when someone doesn't have insurance? Don't judge. It is a problem in our community, but there's a difference between judgment and curiosity. Curiosity is what can we do as a community to make sure that we are covered with insurance in the event that we are leaving this earth into another realm. Some of us cannot get um, life insurance because of pre um, existing conditions. And that's not just for adults. That may be a pre-existing condition that started as a child. So you never were eligible for life insurance, but, and then you're not being paid a livable wage in order to save enough money so that you can save money for your, you know, funeral costs or bills or things that you leave behind for your family. So there are layers to this shit right? It's layers to this. But why are we so quick to judge? And then we get mad when people judge us by the color of our skin. So we must do better. Why are we like this? Because we have not taken advantage of our beautiful, divine, co-creative prowess to think differently than what has been entrenched in us from the moment that we were stolen from our land. Speaking of which, why are we like this? If you have not seen the movie Origin, I totally encourage you and really beg of you to watch it. You don't have to agree with the the structure of it or how um, Isabel, Isabella Wilkerson came up with this ideation of, of, of how groups are marginalized and how they are, are, are treated. But at the same time, there is a method to this madness. White supremacy comes with a method, a long-term method of how they are going to keep coming at us. And they are mad. Tell them why you're mad. Tell them why you're mad. Because we keep rising to the occasion. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God lifts up a standard. We are divine and we keep keep overcoming those things that are presented before us. So why are we like this? Why is it that we don't come together? Well, because we have been separated from the time that we were taken from our land and brought to these shores. We were raped of our culture. We were physically raped. We have been uh, emasculated. We have been lynched physically, theoretically. Um, we have been, our language has been taken from us. Our culture has been taken from us. And then we had to recreate some things in our lives. We started off 
fighting for our lives. And, 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 and white people and racism and power hoarders and those who want power and control continue to do that to us by way of Jim Crow laws. And when we had to fight for civil rights and fight for voting rights and fight for the right to be educated and fight for the rights of our bodies, which we then recently had taken away from us. When we continue, continually have to fight for these things because whiteness is going to preserve whiteness. Whiteness is going to continue to do whiteness. White is going to be white. Like math is going to be mathing or the math ain't mathing. White is going white. Full stop. Full stop. Another piece to this is if white people create a space for true history to be imparted and inserted into our daily narrative, then they would have to come to terms with the fact that their lineage, I won't even dare say their ancestors, their lineage has caused a lot of the systemic ills that we are going through, and they would have to atone and make right what their lineage has made wrong, which means they have to give up some stuff, like some power and some money and this um, ideology of capitalism and this, um, you know, I can do this, do as I say and not as I do um, mentality. Um, we're so quick to go after the DA, um, Fannie Willis, Fannie Willis and Clarence Thomas has done 10 times worse. This is not oppression Olympics. This is not comparing one ill to another. This is the perfect example of whiteness using uh, an issue that is a non-issue to distract us from the real issues, which is the illegal actions of number 45 and his cronies that he has placed on the Supreme Court. So why are we like this? So let's switch it back to a positive. We are like this because naturally in our DNA, we are powerful. We are brilliant. We are unique. We are mystical and magical. And yes, we have some that is not out there, their skin, not all skin folk are, is kinfolk. We, we realize that because of the indoctrination of whiteness. Any black person that comes to me and says to me, now you have a right to vote for whoever you want to vote for. But my challenge is, are you voting for people who are going to do mean, do well by you? Are you going to vote? And, and, and it's challenging when we're in this two-party system that was built on whiteness. The Constitution was built on white, whiteness. The Bill of Rights was built on whiteness. I get all of that, beloveds. But we got to start somewhere. We gotta fight back and it is enough of us to speak up and speak out and come together and do that. And when you begin to believe whiteness that will turn on you in a minute, one minute, number 45 and all his cronies, you know, 
they were skipping through the tulips thinking that they're going to turn this into a dictatorship. And, and then as soon as his cronies turned against them, they became stupid. They became idiots. All of the third grade words that he learned, he is using against those people. That's what white power and white racism does. And then we, it, it falls on us because then they turn to us and they dangle the carrot to say, well, you can have power like I have. You can have money like I have if you would just do this, if you will turn your back. We learned that during the time of enslavement when black people thought that they were going to be free if they sided with the oppressor to then continue to kill and de uh, dehumanize and marginalize their own brothers, their own siblings. And how did that work for them? This two elections ago, there were people that were so concerned about lowering their taxes that they voted for number 45. How did that work for you, beloved? Why are we like this when we have our own prowess to stand upon, our own divine prowess to stand upon? Why are we like this? When we are co-creators and community builders, why are we like this? When we built schools and libraries and businesses right in the midst of enslavement, when it was supposed to be over, we still built churches and congregations and movements. Why are we like this when we have what we need right here in our DNA and in our communities? Let me give you one final example. I'm a hardworking woman. I work and I'm healing. I, I got a job. I got several jobs, several streams of income because I need that in order to survive. Because when I had treatment on yesterday, I received a bill because my treatment is $10,000 every time I go to treatment. My insurance covers X amount, a, a high percent, and then I got a bill for $1,500. So there are some, like I have to work in order to make sure that those bills can be paid. I'm single, I don't have someone else who has insurance. I make too much money to receive help. So there are times when people have to make a choice of whether to pay their bills or to eat, or to pay their rent, or their mortgage, or jobs are not paying livable wages where, you know, you have your insurance and your taxes and your um, retirement all taken out, and then the money that you have left over, you're not only expected to pay rent and utilities and food and tuition because public schools are trash, and then you got to pay medical bills. You got to pay the copay. You got to pay the copay for the medicine. And then if you are in active treatment like me, you have a choice to make. But yet, we as a community will judge somebody for not going to the doctor. We will judge somebody for not going to get treatment instead of having this curiosity, this epistemological curiosity. How do you know what you know? How are you coming to make the decisions that you make? And how can I help you? How can I support you? 
Is it prayer? Yeah, prayer changes things, but faith and faith without works is dead. So can I call some resources for you? Can I connect you with some beloved, some black beloveds in community that won't look at you sideways when you walk into their office because you are on public assistance and they immediately dehumanize you and don't know a thing about you? Why are we like this when we have everything that we need, black beloveds? When I say we, and let me be very clear, when I say we, I am talking about black beloveds and those that are down for the liberation of black people. So if you are white and you are down for the liberation of black people, I am all for it because I am a womanist. And a womanist is not only centering black people and black experiences for our own liberation, but for the liberation of all. I want white people to be liberated from this capitalist, racist, um, thought. I want them to be liberated and to be more communal instead of individual. Why do I want this? Because I want my people, my beloveds, my black beloveds to live and not die at the hands of systemic ills that white people create and continue to create that does not work for us. The prison system doesn't work for us. The school system doesn't work for us. These laws don't work for us. Policing doesn't work for us. It needs to look different because did you know policing came out of slave patrol? Yes, we need protection because gun laws are out of control. So we have to think about this as a full picture instead of of just thinking about what people want to coin and take out that phrase defund the police not what we're trying to do is reallocate resources so that we can be safe why are we like this when we have we are more than enough we deserve so much more just from our mere existence just from our mere presence our existence is resistance. The fact that I'm still alive eight years later from a diagnosis, HER2 positive metastatic breast cancer, I am here because of community, because I chose to fight in a way that I'm grateful for every breath that I take, for every prayer that is prayed for me, for every joy that is brought into my energy and into my vibration and into my circle. I appreciate my black beloveds who keep it real, who tell me, yo T, I um, need you to do this a little differently. Or yep, let's rock, let's do this. I don't need yes people in my life. So why am I like this? Because my mama and my daddy taught me well. Why am I like this? Because I have siblings that are my ride or dies. Why am I like this? Because community continues to support me and holds up my arms when I am tired. Because racial battle fatigue is real. Why am I like this? Because I am tired of black women being dismissed and marginalized when we are highly not, and I don't even want to bring education into this, just from who we are as nurturers, as creators, as, as, as builders, as dreamers, as doers. This is what we do naturally. This is our nature. This is our feminine energy. And so this is why and how I do what I do, because I tap in to what is naturally me and not contingent upon whiteness. So for this Black History Month, 
as we end, because our time has come to a close, let us go against the status quo. Soul to Soul Sisters has recently invest, had an opportunity to partner with Ebony Janice in getting out black books for black beloveds. Um, things like that. We need to bring our voices into the forefront of this narrative and right at the center. Um, shout out to Ebony Janice for the amazing work that, that they are doing um, for you know, black authors and, and black books that are constantly being banned. Um, so just an honor to, to partner with Ebony Janice in this effort. But for this Black History Month, love yourself, love yourself, honor yourself. Don't feed into the status quo and that narrative. Um, let me read, oh, <laughs> Alan said, come on, you saying something, and good afternoon to you, my, my beloved. My brother said, why are we like this? Individual choices. Ultimately, individual choices and actions also play a role in the shaping of our world. Our decisions as individuals can have ripple effects on society and the environment. Absolutely. Y'all take a picture of that, write it down, do something because individualism is going to kill us because it's really, we can't do this life on our own. I can't even breathe without nature existing. It's something that simple. Like I need trees in order to survive. <laughs> I need nature. I need water in order to survive. I need clean water. Flint, those people in charge, why is it that there's still no clean water? And that's not the only place. We need that to survive. In Palestine, we're pushing people to, to the south of Gaza and only to bomb it and to destroy their infrastructure and electricity and water and basic needs and medical attention. It's very despicable and downright evil. It's not human it's not honoring humanity at all for the sake of individualism and power and this false sense of power why are we like this beloveds we're gonna end this on a positive note because we are brilliant black human beings that have survived the worst of the worst and we are still here and we are still standing i want to end with I feel like a preacher. I said I was going to end like three times because that's what preachers do. So this is my last closing, okay? So I was talking with my beloved sister, Tammy Denise, executive director and president of Carrie's Touch, breast cancer support organization. Always got to plug my beloved sister. We were on the phone and she mentioned Celie from The Color Purple. And I then began to recite part of the song, I'm Here. And it says, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to hold my head up. I'm going to put my shoulders back and look you straight in the eye. I'm going to flirt with somebody. When they walk by, I'm going to sing out, sing out. Because I believe I have inside of me everything I need to live a bountiful life. And all the love. The love in us, the love in me will stand as tall as the tallest tree. 
And I'm thankful for every day that I'm given, both the easy and hard ones I'm living. But most of all, I'm thankful for loving who I really am. I'm beautiful. Yes, I'm beautiful. And I am here. That's for you, beloveds. That's for you. I love you. Thank you for joining. Spread this message. Spread the podcast or the vodcast. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to Instagram. Look at it on Facebook. And just remind yourself, you don't have to conform to whiteness. You don't. Why are we like this? We are like this because we are beautiful and we got to tap into that beautiful communal power that we have. This is Dr. Tad with Tuesdays with Tawana. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for joining and thank you for building community one womanist episode at a time. Peace.